The official AP preseason poll is out, and while there's plenty of Big Ten, not a ton at the top. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, and coming up on today's show, a look at the first polls from the media for this college football season. How do the Big Ten teams stack up, and what can we expect at the start of the season as far as what everyone thinks, at least, we can get from Big Ten powerhouses? Again, a lot of Big Ten teams, but not a ton at the top of the polls. We'll get to that later on. First, though, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. As always, bringing you everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson here. Twitter is at Nate with Sports. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And again, on Twitter, too. It's all Locked On Big Ten 10, not T-E-N. Let's start off with the biggest news from the day around the Big Ten. Some news coming out in ticket sales, actually. Ohio State, according to StubHub this is, Ohio State and the Buckeyes have taken over first place for the most in-demand ticket in college football. I believe this is based on just, like, average ticket prices. But the Buckeyes now number one overall, according to the secondary market site StubHub again. They take over the spot that was held by, you might have been able to guess, Alabama and the Crimson Tide, at least for this season. So that's just a little bit of a taste of just how exciting this Ohio State football team is going to be. In other news around the Big Ten here today, a whole lot of polls and rankings coming out. We'll get to the AP preseason poll here later on, but first... All sorts of other polls, starting with volleyball. First preseason polls came out there, and of course, plenty of Big Ten in there too. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are the number one volleyball team in the preseason polls. Number three is Wisconsin, five Ohio, five is Minnesota, check that. Ohio State checks in at seven, Purdue 13, Illinois 17, and Penn State number 20. So again, in that top 25, plenty of Big Ten representation. And then also the Big Ten's women's soccer preseason poll came out. Just Big Ten teams. Rutgers and Penn State tying for first place preseason prediction honors. They're followed up by then afterwards Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan State. The next spots at least for predictions among Big Ten media. Finally, John Rothstein moving over to the basketball side has a just kind of out of nowhere, random off-season Big Ten ranking to give to us. Uh, he ranks Big Ten teams top to bottom, but the top ones from number one, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So not a whole ton of news, news stuff going on in the Big Ten as far as stuff to actually talk about and breaking, but again, plenty of rankings coming out as the season is about to get underway that women's soccer season for the big 10 will have games here in just two game days that you'll be able to watch on espn plus if you have it big 10 plus the big 10 sports season is here and while teams are getting going of course we're 
happy to bring everything we can here on Locked On Big Ten. We'll have results from those first day games here in a couple of days, too. We'll try and keep you updated on the biggest stuff going on, not just in football and basketball news, but also around the Big Ten. Because if you follow this conference a little bit more avidly, you already know there's plenty of other stuff to keep track of as far as elite athletics at the college level. Anyway, moving on. We've got more here to talk about with the AP polls. Ohio State coming in at number two, the top Big Ten team and getting the recognition it deserves nationally as well. Can we say the the same for the rest of the Big Ten teams mentioned in the list? We'll talk about that right here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, BetOnline is the place to go for any of your online sports gambling needs, whether it be to try and just get some more information before you place your money where you want it, to try and learn a little bit more about how the game works and how lines have been moving around. On BetOnline, you can check everything over at BetOnline, a one-stop shop for everything that you need to not only stay up to date on what's going on in the game, but what's going on in the money you have on it too. So head on over to Bet Online to check it all out. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's start to get into this AP preseason poll because this is, at least for now, the still ranking of record, I guess you could call it, until we get to college football playoff rankings. So what is it that the media thinks of every team in the Big Ten. Well, first off, let's just start by giving you all the numbers first. Four teams actually listed in the top 25. You have Ohio State at number two, which I mentioned. Then Michigan clocks in at number eight. Remember, they were number six in the coaches poll, followed up by Michigan State at number 15, Wisconsin at 18, and then that's it as far as Big Ten teams go. As far as the top 25, at least. You go into the others others receiving votes. Penn State would have been the number 29 team. Iowa, the number 28 team. Minnesota would have been number 32. And then Purdue would have been 34. And then you do get a new team mentioned that was not getting any votes in the coaches poll, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They received one single vote, which means that one media member put them at number 25 in the country. But they're there. And then clocking in at what would be the number 47 team on our list in the country. So, 9 out of 14 Big Ten teams in total listed just at all. But only 4 of them in the top 25. Only 2 in even the top 15, or 3 in the top 15. And what you have in Ohio State, Michigan, and then Michigan State. It's... A ranking from top to bottom that I think is pretty fair, to be first and foremost here. If you're looking at your individual team's ranking, especially after what you may have seen in the coaches poll, if you're like a Michigan fan, you may be thinking this is a little bit low for some people. Or if you're a team like an Iowa or a Penn State, you're thinking, hey, maybe we should be in the top 25 instead of just one of those first teams out. But instead, what you have here is... I think a good mix of teams that the media, like the coaches did, is giving a lot of respect to. As I said with the coaches' polls, these are not people saying that Minnesota is the 32nd best team in the country. It's people giving Minnesota votes for being a top 25 team. There are people putting the Gophers in their top 25, just like with Purdue, just like with Penn State and Iowa. And in a case of uh, Minnesota and Purdue, you're actually getting quite a few more votes than you saw in the coaches poll as well. 
I mean, we're in a situation right now where, yes, there's only four teams at least at the start of this thing that are going to be ranked. But again, Iowa 28, Penn State 29, Minnesota 32, and then Purdue 34. Those are all four teams that if you rattle off a a few impressive enough wins to start off the season against lesser opponents, and not all those teams are playing lesser opponents throughout all of that schedule, you've got a chance to easily be in that top 25 too. So when I'm looking at this poll, first off, I don't see just four Big Ten teams. I see four Big Ten teams that has the potential to become potentially six or seven by the time we get into October, if everyone wins the way that I think they have the potential to win here in this non-conference schedule. Now, there's conference games in there, too. Minnesota has to play Michigan State. Penn State's going to play Purdue out here. Nebraska's going to play Oklahoma here early in the season. So these teams are going to get tested plenty. But I think what the media is giving them is at least the respect to say, hey, if you prove it, we will give you the respect that you deserve. We're not that far off from putting you in this top 25, or if you're in the top 25, not that far off from getting you to the spot that you think you should be. But if a Big Ten fan is upset, and I've seen some chatter about Big Ten fans not loving where everyone's at in this top 25, if you're getting upset right now, I I think you just have to understand that from a national media standpoint, at the very least, You're looking at a conference that lost a huge amount of talent, a huge amount of big-name talent. Aiden Hutchinson, gone. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, gone. A lot of key pieces to a lot of these really, really good teams have guys who are just no longer there anymore and playing at the next level. So I think nobody's doubting that like a Michigan State has the potential to be better than a 15. Even though if I'm a Michigan State fan, I'm pretty happy with being in that kind of range right now. But if you're not, I I think that what they're trying to say is, hey, you've got the opportunities to prove it. And if you win these games to start out, you'll get bumped up. That's the way things work here with these polls. So Ohio State obviously can't be unhappy at number two. I don't think Michigan can be too unhappy at number eight. Even if you're a little bit unhappy with where you're at or where your team is put right here, you can't really be saying to yourself, all right, we're not like more than two, three wins away from being where we want to be, right? Even if you're an Iowa team that's sitting on the outside of the top 25 right now, you know that if you win your first two, three games, beat Iowa State, you're going to be there. You're going to be ranked. So right now, I think the Big Ten is ranked maybe a little bit underwhelmingly over where it could potentially be at, over the talent that we could see. But until that's proven out on the field, I I understand why, at least right now, you're only looking at four Big Ten teams in the top 25 and four other teams that are just right there on the edge, on the outside looking in. These are kind of show-us-who's-good rankings right now. If you're the national media, I'm looking at the Big Ten and saying, okay, I know there's four or five good Big Ten teams here. And when I say good, I mean like top 20, top 15 good, not just top 25. In these first few weeks, show us who's really good. Show us who's going to actually be able to contend here and show us who's going to fall off. Then we'll adjust rankings accordingly. I expect there to be like six Big Ten teams at some point in this top 25, of course. The Big Ten is that kind of a good conference. 
when you look at four right now, again, I'm not worried about there not being respect of this conference. I'm not worried about teams not being able to play their way into those voting roles. I, it's going to be a process of just figuring out, okay, who is being hurt where still here? How bad is this Michigan defense going to take a hit? Just how good is this Ohio State offense going to be to, to the point where, of course, we don't really have that many questions about them anymore. But like a Michigan State without Kenneth Walker III, how much of a difference does that make to Peyton Thorne's game? That's something we have to figure out. And I don't think you put them as a top 10 team until you know it. So from that perspective, I understand where the poll is coming from. If you want to be a Wisconsin fan arguing that this is better than the 18th best team in the country, you can do that. And to be quite honest, you can do it rightfully so, because Wisconsin's a team that's earned that kind of respect, I guess. But at least trying to put on the other side of things. I understand why a media member doesn't want to put Wisconsin in the top 15 after what we saw Wisconsin do last season. So... If you're upset, I think you can only be so much upset because I think opportunity is there for every team to get to where it wants to be from here. I don't think there's any sort of huge disrespect coming to any sort of team with where it's at. And to be quite honest, if you're really, really that sure that your team is that much better, maybe you need to take a look in the mirror and realize whatever it is that your team lost. Because if you're one of these teams in the conversation right now, Yes, you're good, but I again, again, I can list the players off of every single team that was lost from last season that are, are just huge impact guys that need replacing. And you can't know what those guys are going to do until they actually hit the field and we see it. That's what I think I'm seeing in the hesitation to maybe put Big Ten teams a little bit higher in the media here. A hesitation to really believe it until you see it, I guess. Except for, of course, the one person who voted for Nebraska. We've got more coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. I want to wrap things up. We've talked a lot about coordinators. And while I probably do want to do a full show on this at some point because there's a lot of changes, I did put together a list of what I think are the biggest potentially moves in coordinators this offseason in the Big Ten. I'm not talking even about who I think can make the biggest changes and all that or who I think needs to do the most. I'm just talking about the potential to make or break a season for a team. We'll talk about those moves and what those new play callers could be doing differently here on Locked On Big Ten. All right, let's get into things here as we wrap things up on the program. Again, this is the program that gets you everything you need to know on the Big Ten every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to tune in wherever it is you'll get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter. All of it is locked on Big Ten with a 1-0, not T-E-N. That's 1-0 on Locked On Big Ten. And of course, tune in to your team's local Locked On podcast as well. If you're an Indiana fan, Locked On Hoosiers, Locked On Spartans, Locked On Golden Gophers, Buckeyes, Nittany Lions, Cornhuskers, I could go on. Go find your individual Big Ten team as well and get it covered here on Locked On. All right, let's get into some of these coordinator moves. It's something I've wanted to dive into for a while, and we're not going to have enough time to get as deep into it as I would like at all, really, either. But there have been a lot of coordinator changes in this offseason in the Big Ten. 
in the conference that kept all of its head coaches. Those head coaches made plenty of moves when they needed to in some cases and in others because guys were leaving for other jobs. But in all, a whole lot of new changes, six different new offensive coordinators alone coming into this conference. So I made a list of just, honestly, and I could be missing something here, but I thought it was pretty easy just to rattle off one, two, three, four, five, even just in my head, coordinator moves that I think can make a big impact as to whether or not a team can have the kind of success it's wanting to here in 2022. Uh, the first one we already talked a little bit about with Locked On Golden Gophers last weekend, that's Kirk Shiraka coming back to Minnesota. This is a guy, again, who orchestrated that Minnesota Gopher offense in 2019 that was one of the most efficient in the country. Now, the question becomes with him, since he has Tanner Morgan back again, can that offense be what it was in 2019 again in 2022? Because if it can, the Gophers are set up pretty good. 2021 was an elite defensive season for Minnesota. Again, a lot of this we went over last week with Kane, but... If that defense can be at least a fraction of what it was even last season, and Kane is saying that it can, and then that offense comes back too, then Minnesota is maybe the favorite to win the West because I don't think there is a team that would be able to match that potentially good Minnesota defense and that potentially 2019 good Minnesota offense. But there's also the hesitation of, what is that Minnesota offense now with not quite the same amount of offensive weapons? Uh, Tanner Morgan, when Kirk Scirocco was the last coaching him, had what has turned out to now be three NFL-level wide receivers. Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, Chris Ottman-Bell, all of them. And with only one of them back, Ottman-Bell here now, but two of them gone to the league, you have to kind of wonder, okay, was this the system that was working for him? Is Tanner Morgan going to be able to bounce back to that kind of an extent? I don't know what the answer is exactly, but I do know that at least I expect that offense to be able to step things up to maybe at least some level in between what we've seen the last couple of years and that 2019 season. And that alone could be good enough to contend in that division. So I think having him back, Minnesota being able to maybe get back to what it was, that could put the Gophers over the edge and being able to get back to double-digit wins, get over the hump of beating Iowa and then beating Wisconsin and then, uh, honestly, winning the Big Ten West because that's been the only thing that stopped the Gophers here these last couple of seasons when they've had good years. Second name I have on this list is Jesse Minter at Michigan, defensive coordinator taking over there for Mike McDonald. Now, in this case, you have a guy who is working for a top 10 defense, a top 10 team, which is trying to replace two of the bigger, bigger defensive presences in the Big Ten. And while they still expect Michigan to be good on defense, they have the kind of tools to kind of rebuild right away. And I expect a guy like Jesse Minter to do a good job. I do think that with him, you have kind of not an expectation, but a realization that if he can make this defense really good again, it makes things really easy on whatever that Michigan offense is going to be this season. We talked about it when we talked about the quarterback battle before. What Michigan decides to do on offense could very well depend on how much its defense needs it to do. 
And I believe that Jim Harbaugh would like to see a whole lot of what he worked last season into this season's offensive scheme as well. But if that defense can't hold up in the same way it did last year, he may have to start taking more risks. He may have to start trying to just air things out and score a little bit faster. That's the kind of, I think, teeter-totter we're on in how good Jesse Minter can be here. Can he be good and good enough to do the job, or can he be uh, good enough that it makes it easier on the Michigan offense? I think everyone, again, is expecting that defense to take at least some sort of step back. I think Jesse Minter's job coming in here is to be able to come in and say, okay, we're going to make that step back as small as possible so that it doesn't change what the rest of the team has to do here. That's the biggest key. Allow a little bit more. Be not as good. You lost two huge players. And, and uh, I mean, more than two huge players. But I mean, when you're talking about the leaders on that defense, you're, you're talking about huge players that are gone. So you're not expected to be that kind of good again. But at least doing enough to be able to say, okay, offense, you can work the way that you did last season and still be successful. That'll be huge to Michigan being the top 10 team that the AP says it is right now. Another name I have, Jim Knowles at Ohio State. Uh, this is one where, uh, again, I'm not expecting any sort of failure here, but if you're looking at Ohio State's roster up and down and what it has this year, what it had last year, I think the only side of the ball you could even start to look at as to how you beat this team is on defense, right? So with that being said, with it being the really only thing that I think anybody thinks could stop Ohio State from winning at all. Nobody has any questions about C.J. Stroud and how good that offense is going to be, right? So when you have a new defensive coordinator coming in, with that kind of an expectation level behind him, I mean, he's stepping into a job where it's like, if you're not making the college football playoff here every year, you're going to have to change things, right? So... With that all put together, he is someone who comes in as like, okay, this is something that has to be one of the biggest changes in coaching from the offseason. Because while Ohio State's going to be plenty good, he's someone who was brought in to kind of try and change whatever it was that may have been the weakness with Ohio State. Whether it be that linebacking core, whether it be anything else that you put on that side of the football against them. But as far as offense, Ohio State's set. So on defense, having a new play caller coming in and trying to fill in whatever holes there may be in Columbus, that's, again, not make or break. I don't expect him to try, I mean, obviously give up a ton of points to anybody, but it's a name that I'm looking at. Another defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz at Penn State. Uh, big name, obviously. Former head coach at Miami. Comes now under James Franklin to try and run this defense that quite frankly, needs help, right? And Penn State has expectation behind it, too. I mean, after, again, a seven-win season last year, coming in and still getting the top 25 respect, it's ranking in at number 29 in the AP poll here, I think Manny Diaz has to come in and have some success right away. This is a season that Penn State wants to get back to relevancy. I mean, if you're a Nittany Lions fan, you want to be at around double-digit wins every single year. So you're not too happy seeing a Michigan and a Michigan State 
kind of take over that spotlight that you once held alongside Ohio State here in the East. So as far as what Manny Diaz has to do here at Penn State, yes, make the defense better, but I think the urgency for him is pretty, pretty clear as we, we haven't, I mean, we've talked about like exceeding, ex, I guess, heightened expectations for a team like Nebraska after winning just three games last season. I mean, the heightened expectations for a team like Penn State, despite, I mean, I know a good recruiting team, a team that always is going to have talent as far as what the actual roster is. But again, they won seven games last year and are on the border of the top 25 in the preseason. So you kind of need that success right away. And it's the same story with the last name I have on this list, Mark Whipple at Nebraska. Again, just because, I mean, you're in a first-year situation where you may also be coaching for your job, right? Scott Frost is not going to get that many more chances. He's a guy who kind of is being brought in maybe to just try and clean up the mess here. A lot of football experience in this guy. A lot of football experience in the pros, in college ranks as a head coach, and as a coordinator as well. So when you bring in that kind of a guy, 40-year veteran, in coaching Mark Whipple, you think that he's coming in to try and at least bring some consistency to a Nebraska team that has been really, really, of course, lacking it in recent years. And again, all these teams have expectations. All these teams have first-year coordinators with them and also a lot of question marks with them too. It's part of the reason why none of them are getting huge, huge ups in preseason polls. But again, the opportunity is there. And I think that in these polls that we talked about earlier, you're seeing kind of, even though there's a hesitancy to maybe put like a Wisconsin in a top 15 spot, there's still the belief that, okay, we know this team's talented enough, but there's question marks like, how do you fill in the holes on the field? How do these new coordinators and coaches try to change things up and make teams better on the sidelines too? All that put together, I think, leads to a lot of question marks around Big Ten teams, but I think the talent is undeniable in what we've seen just uh, obviously with the respect from both coaches and media in these preseason polls. The point of it all is let's just get to the football already, and we will very, very soon. Nate Dickinson again here on Locked On Big Ten with you every single weekday. I'll be back again tomorrow here to break down everything going on in the Big Ten. I believe we'll have Jay Stevens here talking to him at some point later on today for tomorrow's show. We'll get to him on if there's any way to beat Ohio State. Should C.J. Stroud be a runaway favorite to win the Heisman Trophy right now? That's all sorts of stuff to get to here in a minute. And we'll talk to you about it tomorrow on Locked on Big Ten.